Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. If you are new to the show, it is myself and a guest. We're going through every single Metallica song. You are joining us on the 136th edition. We are tackling Death Magnetic's instrumental suicide and redemption. Just before we get to the song, we get to the guest. Please follow us at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Uh, at MetallicaPod as well is probably the best way to follow me on the Twitter if you want news. And also I always ask for your feedback on the songs. We've got loads of great reviews to get to at the end of the show. Patreon, if you enjoy Alpha Metallica and you like to give back to the show, Patreon is there. If you, you know, deem it worthy of your filthy lucre, I, I am glad to have it and, you know, we'll <laughs> give you episodes in return. Uh, I'm normally two or three episodes ahead of the curve and then, you know, various sort of top tens, the Deep Purple one recently and the stuff like that that's always going up on there. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you want to give back to the show, you don't want to part with the money, I understand that. Leave us a review on iTunes and... Review anywhere else we are as well. I don't I know you can't really leave reviews on Spotify or whatever, but seek us out on the different platforms. Stitcher, maybe you can, and stuff like that. And tell a friend about Alpha Metallica. But um, yeah, as always, it is myself and a guest today. I welcome Carl to the show. Carl, how's it going? It's going great, Tom. Thanks for having me. Joining us from Texas, is that right? That is correct. I, I work in the Fort Worth area and keep busy. <laughs> have out of interest because I've never been to Texas myself. Have you have you been to Dallas? Have you checked out Dealey Plaza? Like I'd have to go straight away. I have driven by there, and I I was kind of surprised because there's like a statue, and and they have um, I I've, I've just driven by it, mm-hmm. but there's like these walls kind of surrounding it, so it's kind of hard to see from the road. Right. But I need to go down there too. But I've driven down in that area before. It, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, you know, we're here to talk about James and Lars. And Kirk and Rob, in this sense, like where does your Metallica journey begin? Like, when was your first interactions with the band? When you first heard them? The very first time I heard them was a friend of mine in high school. Uh, we like to drive around a lot and play basketball in the area, and mm-hmm. he had a copy of the Black Album back in the '90s, and he would play Sandman, Sad but True, would generally skip to um, Nothing Else Matters and would play Unforgiven. And sure. that was like all I heard of it. And I, honestly, I've never super been into metal. Okay. And so I really didn't come into it on my own until the Load album and Metallica just really hit me with where my musical interests were. And once I realized that how punk rock they were with the thrash metal of it, that I, I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. So going from then, you know, load, reload, did you follow the band eagerly into the, you know, St. Anger kind of era? Did, did you veer off? I or? did. I, I did enjoy St. Anger. I, okay. I do really love that album okay. um, because kind of I, I, I was into new metal. I was really into Linkin Park at the time mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm, I'm about 40, 44 years old. Right. And so I remember whenever it came out and Look, Hi- 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 it, Theory mean, really, is crazy. Such a good album. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've, I've, I've loved all, mm-hmm. all, all the stuff that, that they've done. It's too bad about Chester. Yeah. Two, um, I think it was two but, years ago the other day, wasn't it? I think sadly. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Cause I, cause I really didn't get into rock music at all until, until grunge, grunge because I was never into all the hair metal. Sure. And, um, St. Anger, to me, was the thrashiest thing I'd ever heard because I'd only listened to the Black Album and then I'd only listened to Load and Reload. And luckily for me, I haven't worn myself out on the classic albums. So most of the time, I'll play Death Magnetic or um, Hardwired. Um, I love those albums a lot. 
So just like Ride Justice, Master, but he's not in the wheelhouse, like he's not that familiar. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in, in some ways getting to know those albums. I mean, because it's mm-hmm. like you play albums over and over again and just have songs burnt into your brain. Yeah. And I mean, I love Hit the Lights. I love Master. Um, one is amazing. But I'm, 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 they're just not totally burnt into me yet. So it's always great to hear. And I did get S&M uh, after it came out. And, and the funny thing was because there's like so much going on with it that while that album is great, you know, it, the songs really stand apart on their own without the symphony. So once I finally got, because at some point um, I, I, I just decided, because um, I'd done this with the Beatles before, that I just went ahead and bought all their albums oh, yeah. and finally started listening to everything. Because um, at that point, I just didn't have the first four. And, and I was amazed by how epic fast and great they were yeah yeah it is breathtaking there's nothing like that uh certainly i mean metallica and a certain kind of microcosm level but uh, and, uh, and if you want to get into the old Alpha, metallica catalog there's plenty of alpha metallica episodes out there to ease you in familiarize yourself but today we are going through suicide and redemption which of course is an instrumental by the band um this, I mean, I mean this track, where would you rank it along the instrument? I guess you're not too familiar then with the other instrumentals, maybe, apart from Cthulhu. Well, I, I, I have heard, I mean, I have heard everything. Sure. And, and honestly, um, I, w- I would say um, I, I love this instrumental because Death, Death Magnetic is so burnt in, into my DNA mm-hmm. because that was probably the first Metallica album because I did love the previous albums, but it's the... F- it's their first album that I'd been playing for more than a year straight and recognizing I'm still playing this and it's a year later. <laughs> so, um, but it compared to Call of Cthulhu and Orion, I, I do feel that they are better instrumentals, mm-hmm. but I feel like it stands apart on its own uh, because of the recording and mastering. I feel like it's louder and it's, it's the kind of the, um, I don't necessarily want, I, I guess it, to me, it feels a little bit thrashier um, in the beginning of it um, compared to the rest of them. It's just epic in a different way, mm-hmm. in a great way. Yeah, yeah, certainly has more of an attack out the gate. And, you know, we begin with that burbling, you know, the deep gurgle of the bass and then the guitar pounces on top and things start to grind forward. Everything's piling on and collapsing into each other. It's quite marauding, uh, you know, and then it can sort of take its foot off the pedal and be like, bam, 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 bam. And then it sort of pulls the scab back to reveal that bass line before we crash into the main riff. You know, what do you think about that first minute or so, that intro to Suicide and Redemption? I like how it builds before it, before it, gets, it really gets going. Hmm. Um. I, I I really do highly enjoy that and that it does give Robert an opportunity to shine a little bit before this starts, considering the bass players before him. Yeah, it's probably the most you hear of Robert in like any Metallica song, like just in terms of how audible he is. Like, you know, obviously he's always kind of there, but he doesn't have that kill em all cliff like placement in the mix where you, you know you can always place where, where the bass note is. And then we kick into the main riff. And it's funny you mentioned Cthulhu before because there are 
kind of two, maybe three types of Metallica songs, or types of Metallica instrumentals, you say, or instrumentals in general. So there's Orion, which is a very complex piece that, you know, manoeuvres and goes heavy and soft and just, just has some beautiful moments in the middle of it. And then you have Cthulhu, which is very similar to Suicide Redemption, where it's effectively built around this giant riff. And To Live Is To Die is very similar as well. And it keeps returning to that and growing it in certain directions. And um, what do you make of the riff? The like it's pretty irresistible right yeah i I love how groovy it is i mean i i really do enjoy the groove of it yeah it's uh yeah it's pretty it's, it's pretty fantastic i mean but it's in the song a lot though um i've, I've read a few criticisms yeah. of this song that it's maybe you know because the song itself is nine minutes 58 so it's the longest metallica instrumental uh, to Live is to Die is 10 seconds shorter. Orion and Cthulhu are around 8.5 minutes. Orion's 8.27. Cthulhu's, well, Cthulhu's almost 9, 8.53. Anesthesia, which I will count as an instrumental, is 4 minutes 15. Yes. So this is almost 10 minutes. This is almost half a fucking episode of Simpsons. You know what I mean? It's a long time listening yes. to this. And it doesn't necessarily flex its compositional muscles in the way, say, an Orion does. You know what I mean? By the end of the song, you've heard this, you've heard this a hell of a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would totally agree with that because I I feel in some ways while I I enjoy all the riffs in it, um, I do feel like compared to the others, it is in some ways less dynamic than the others. Sure. And I I don't know. I mean, some I also wonder that about the mastering and, and the mixing of it. But I do feel like in some ways it's less dynamic because it it seems to be louder than the rest. I mean, yeah, it does have that brightness. You know, Death Magnetic, as we discussed before on yeah. the show, was a victim of, of the loudness wars to a certain extent. And to some yeah. people, it can come across as quite brash. The main riff and that sort of stuff doesn't really bother me. I agree. It, 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 it feels louder, but it's not to its detriment. It definitely has a kind of uh, you know, power and a presence. Yes. What I don't like is when we get into the slower sections and Kirk's tone and when he's doing the melody, I don't necessarily mind the melody, it's quite heroic. I just think that there's something quite brittle about the sound and amateurish and it always sort of puts me off. I think it's mixed kind of badly to my ears. Yeah. Um, whenever I was watching the making of, um, I believe James was actually playing that riff. Yeah, actually, that actually you're right. Yeah, I saw them in the desert talking about that. So, so yeah, let's say James on there then. But still, I just think yeah. the sound of it, it, it doesn't cohere that well. It kind of clashes to me at least. Yeah. Well, the one thing that also kind of cracks me up about uh, in the, the making of, of it, because he's also playing the jangly part in the background that's yeah. quite Red Hot Chili Peppers once it's isolated. Right, okay, okay, I need to check that out. But, I mean, you know, we get this line then, regardless of what it sounds like. Like, what do you think about the, the motif? Like, it is quite uplifting, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really kind of is. I, I think, and this, this is kind of a kind of an odd criticism, but um, but with the, with the title, it's like, I don't really in a sense, artistically understand where there is, yeah. if the suicide and redemption kind of take place or there's kind of an obvious moment because I almost wonder if like, you know, it's like the beginning of it is like the building up of, of, of the life of this thing. And maybe this is whenever the suicide occurs yeah. um, for the harshness in the beginning. And then uh, that's when the passing happens before it kicks into the rest of the song. Yeah, I can see that. And you know, you mentioned the um, the interviews that James and Rob did, and one of the cool tidbits was Kirk saying, you know, a classic Kirk witticism that I think he felt like it sounded like planets talking to each other, <laughs> which you can totally hear him saying that. And uh, you know, oh yeah, yeah, and and in it, he he talks about how epic the song is and how 
in learning it, he feels like he needs a musical GPS mm-hmm. to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they did try and get the planetary communication idea in there, but they couldn't. And they went for Suicide and Redemption, which I think was a kind of maybe title for Death Magnetic to begin with. Just if we, you know, inevitably have to, if we stack this instrumental against the previous instrumentals we mentioned, just, I think it's probably the worst title as well. Like, The Call of Cthulhu is a fucking epic title. I didn't know what Lovecraft was for the first five, six years. I just thought, the, what is Cthulhu, you know what I mean? Anesthesia pulling teeth yeah. is quite a sort of whimsical idea. Orion, again, yeah. very epic, very simple. To live is to die, you know, you're aware this is an elegy and that just makes it all the more impactful. Suicide and Redemption, yeah. I don't know, it just feels a bit like a Black Label Society song, you know what I mean? It's not very classy. Yeah, I I, I can understand that. It, it's, a, it's a nitpick. I mean, it's an instrumental, so the title is kind of aside from the point in some ways. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. The, the song does have a lot of riffs in it as well, a lot of stop-starts, and kind of in Orion and in Call of Cthulhu, we have the parts where the main riff are played, like thinking of Orion, it's like Kurt kind of building that melody over the top here. There is kind of that, where he has that kind of delay going on on the notes, but again, it's just not the garnish that I necessarily need. It doesn't bring anything new out of the riff to me. No, I I, I, I understand that criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, although one thing I do love about this band is that um, they do they do repeat the riffs, so it's not like everything's one and out. So yeah. so the, it'll sit a while, it'll breathe. Um, so if you like it, it's great, and if you don't like it, please make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, James plays the solo to this song. Is that right as well? I think this is one of his rare outings on the lead. Um, no, that that's ac- actually Kirk, and also uh, in in the making of that. Uh, Lars has a comment about how this is one of Kirk's greatest solos. Yes, which I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but I, I get it. It is good. Yeah, I, I, I really do enjoy it. Yeah, I think James does have a lead part towards the end, but but yeah, Kirk definitely has a ripping part, and I can't remember who pointed out to me. It was maybe on the Metallica forum, but the solo he plays in this song is the exact same solo as a Hardwired song, like note for note, like the the beginning and the end, which is really weird, and I don't quite know how they got away with that. But they completely regurgitate. Someone will have to comment down below and let me know exactly what it is. But yeah, the song just, you know, it has riffs, it, it pushes forward, but there's nothing too fleshed out or that memorable. Like beyond the kind of second or third minute, you've kind of heard everything that this 10 minute song has to offer, I guess. Yeah, it, you, it is It is a lot of front loaded with here's everything that, that that's going to happen in, in a sense with it. But I also do enjoy later with uh, I really enjoy the chugging of the, the riff after after the solo for a while. Mm-hmm. That's actually for whatever reason, I've always enjoyed the chug of their riffs. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I enjoy that part after the solo. And then whenever you get to um, Lars's drum solo afterwards, because there's very few of those from from what I've heard. That or that was the first time I noticed him doing that. I, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. So, so that was that was kind of a fun surprise surprise to me about it. Yeah, I mean, just just because of those points that it's just a little too familiar, I suppose. One thing funny that I did notice in watching a live performance of this because it is so long that um, there's uh, the the first performance in Copenhagen of it. Mm-hmm. Like Lars doesn't even play the solo at the end. I'm sure that was just a cut time for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. In it. 
<laughs> yeah, I watched that it's performance. So so epically long. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's just very indulgently long. Like I love it. I love that they're doing these ten minute instrumentals. You know, on their phenomenal records yeah. stuff. But but yeah, it's just there should have been a little bit of tinkering for me personally. I think the elements are there, but it's just not got those those raw minerals that maybe in Orion or Call of Cthulhu has that just make it so indelible. But um, you mentioned that yeah. performance. Um, but- yeah, sorry. Yeah, but whenever I listen to Beyond Magnetic, I also can't think of, okay, if I took one of those four songs and replaced it, I'm not really sure that I would do that. And oh, I kind of get how it is It is a bit of a break between Judas Kiss and My Apocalypse. Yeah, 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 so. yeah certainly. And, and yeah, completely agree. Uh, I don't really like Beyond Magnetic, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't think any of the songs really have much value. And yeah, it would be a crime to take anything off. Uh, normal magnetic and, and put it beyond magnetic on there uh, <laughs> but um, yeah they've only played this song you mentioned them playing it live they've only played it live twice so yeah they debuted it uh, July 27th 2009 which crazily is just past the 10 year mark now they're recording this on July 30th 2019 that was in Copenhagen Denmark and then they brought it out as well for the um, 30th anniversary shows at the Fillmore that was December 9th 2011 and um, you know the performance was really good actually but it I don't know about yourself, Cole, but to me, watching the video, it made me realise, bloody hell, like, Metallica's audio-visual team have really pulled their finger out, because back then, it was grainy as hell, there was, like, one angle. Now, it's, like, the next day, after anywhere they've played in the world, it's, like, 10 HD cameras, widescreen on yeah. YouTube, like, you know, they, they, quantum leap. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the, the I mean, all the videos they do now are, are, are amazing. I mean, because I almost wonder... Um, it's almost like, what's the point of downloading, a in any, or one of the concerts anymore, or buying one of the concerts, because I can just make a playlist on YouTube yeah. of whatever concert I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside of getting more sane anger tracks in. Yeah. You know, you're so right. And it's great that they would do this back <laughs> in the day. And, um, you know, yeah. we, co- we covered Sweet Anger, re- Sweet Sweet Anger, <laughs> Sweet Amber recently, which uh, yeah. it'll be out soon. And they, they had a similar video to that, like a behind the scenes sort of video. And, you know, back then it was like for the for the Met Club and the people who sign up and, you know, these exclusive things. But now with YouTube, they're just smart enough to know that they can rack up a couple of million views on a Wolf of Man and probably make a couple of thousand dollars off it. And, and why not? Absolutely. People love it as well. And it brings new people in and people love watching the songs they saw live recreated in that way. You know, not many bands are doing that. So yeah, to me, ultimately this song, Suicide Redemption shares a lot of DNA with To Live Is To Die and with Call of Cthulhu in the fact that it's being pulled back to the money riff. I just think the money riff isn't quite as pricey or intoxicating as those other two songs. You know, it gets a little you know, repetitious, and there are these long crawling sections where not much is happening, you know, there's other riffs, um, like they play with silence really well, and there's a groove there, but um, yeah. I'm kind of drumming my fingers a little bit towards the eight, nine minute mark, Carl, I've got to be honest, I'm sort of waiting for uh, my apocalypse to kick in. Yeah, I was about to say that the, the outro could cut off a, a little bit sooner, uh, amongst some other things, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, it because because of the 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 indulgence of the length of it 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 it, it really is long it re- so depending on yeah so depending on what mood you're in sometimes it flies by and sometimes it's like 
All right, I'm looking at my watch. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 definitely, definitely. It's like sometimes I'm thinking about suicide. Sometimes I'm hoping like, some redemption will come in in the form of my apocalypse as he comes in. Absolutely. Know, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, and guys, as we always do, we reach out to you for feedback on the tracks. And I've actually got an email, which I rarely have, um, in terms of feedback for the song. So yeah, if you guys want to give me some feedback, some longer form correspondence via email on any of the tracks, metallicapod at gmail.com. Um, at the time of us recording this, we have Sweet Amber, as I mentioned before, coming out soon. That was just your life, the thing that should not be, or the form within. So if you've got any any thoughts on any of those songs and uh, maybe any big batch stories with them or whatever that being Sweet Amber That Was Just Your Life The Thing That Should Not Be and Form Within MetallicaPod at gmail.com Eric Fraser got in touch he said Hi Tom I've long appreciated your podcast but not written in Suicide and Redemption is my favourite Metallica song I know that's rare and the rest of my top 10 favourites are the more conventional sort but for whatever reason I love this song I've always enjoyed the instrumentals and appreciate when they brought the formula back on Death Magnetic the solos are the best part for me the duelling James Kirk solos are terrific as is the post-solo bridge which reminds me of the post-solo bridge in Master of Puppets I just wanted to give some listener feedback as I know this song is often not looked upon favourably thanks for the podcast thank you very much Eric and we'll just hop to Twitter now at MetallicaPod Tommy's saying, tons of really enjoyable, albeit noodly riffs. It could be a bit shorter, but I really enjoy it nonetheless. Guitar Hero had two versions of this one, which had extended solos from James and Kurt, respectively. Um, Under the Sun saying, this band deserves a kick in a dick for making this song. Which is... <laughs> Just wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ralph actually replied to that saying ouch those hurt and Ralph saying a good instrumental track by the boys here but not great probably my least favourite of all their instrumentals I really love the soft melodic part towards the middle there's some excellent guitar work on the song by Hammett and Hetfield however this song meanders around some and is a bit too repetitive and long Michael Hampton says one of their worst songs why bother going past two minutes after you've heard this once a giant bag of lame riffs you might hear on a Creed cover band's demo tape <laughs> the huge sore thumb on an otherwise stellar album and you know this was hot and cold a lot of people liked it our Badger saying good song good song Matt saying it's awesome has Alison James type riffs Ken saying I love James's solo Bill saying I really like it probably one of my favourites of the album Creeping Death saying I think it's incredible yet underrated like their other instrumentals it tells a story the riffs are incredible and I love the way the song progresses also James's solo in this song is one of my favorite Metallica solos and finally Fix is saying actually quite like this instrumental great riffs and one of James's best solos ever and that lead part in the middle is just gorgeous um, Carl any any final thoughts on Suicide and Redemption um I I feel like not everybody really got into Death Magnetic because they were so burnt from St. Anger so I mean for me it it was a fun new finding mm -hmm. um and so I so for me this has always felt like my instrumental since it's when sure. I got into the band or really started to because it's almost like whenever I got into it it's like every next album was I felt like I better understood the band yeah. and now after finally being through all their material uh, understand how great they are and understand why they did this trying to after St. Anger and trying to do things that they had done before to really kind of reestablish themselves so I feel like this is the reestablishing instrumental so I, I quite enjoy it okay. as we always do we wrap up a few quick fire questions um, what's your favorite Metallica song oh this was a hard one for me because I love hardwired I love spit out the bone I love hit the lights but for whatever reason, my favorite is uh, Broken, Beaten, Scarred. Mm. I love the swagger of it. I love how it kicks into the, the thrashy solo at the end. I love how it's almost like a personal mantra, in a sense, <coughs> of, hey, you just here's my scars, and I fight through stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I love that song. The harmony at the beginning of the song is one of my favorite sounds ever in music. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, what don't kill you make you more strong, right? Which, again, grammatically... Yeah. <laughs> Got to forgive him a little bit for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of the syntax there, <laughs> hair, like, I'm not with, but the sentiment, the sentiment I, I entirely concur. Yeah, it, it, it's like saying anger without being so emo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. It's a, yeah, less new metal-y, uh, which is good and bad. Yeah. Uh, what about a favorite yeah. album by the band? Um, I really go back and forth between Death Magnetic and Hardwired because it's like I've, I've Hardwired has kind of been the same for me where it's been like two years and I still listen to it. But it's easier for me to listen start to finish to Death Magnetic versus I, I feel the, the highs of Hardwired are higher. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say my favorite album is Death Magnetic. Mm. I mean, it's just it's phenomenal, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, still, and, and and a lot of it is just personal choice, and when I got into the of band, and what I've listened to. Yeah, of course, of course. And um, favorite member of the band? Honestly, Lars, yeah. because I feel like I could say hello, and he could riff for thirty minutes, oh, just talking yeah. about all things Metallica. Hell <laughs> yeah! And if you, if you threw some JFK assassination shit at Lars, Jesus, I reckon that guy could gab. <laughs> I don't know what his opinion would be. Maybe a crazy fucking theory there, but uh, but yeah, no. Lars, common choice, uh, very very understandable. What about um, seeing the band live? Have you seen them live at all? Oh, I'm horrible. I have not seen them live, and I actually bought tickets from a scalper and expected a friend to go with me, and they backed out on me, and I was too much of a wuss to go at the time. And this was on the Madly and Anger with you tour, so mm. I would have seen them, Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit, and. Mudvayne, and there was another band that I can't think of right now. So I regret not going to that forever. I will regret not going to that concert. So and and for whatever reason, I just have not been able to to too many family obligations for for me to have gone to 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 other things. So I definitely look forward to seeing them in the future. And finally, if you were to do a podcast like this about a band that you love, what's a band you'd want to cover? Um, shockingly, um, I would probably either want to do an Oasis or a Green Day podcast. Yo, that, both great choices. <laughs> I, I think there is an Oasis I, podcast, but a Green Day one needs to be made. Yeah. Um, for, for me, I've, I've had, I've had, uh, a, a good life. I haven't been an angry person and that's part of the reason why I haven't been hugely into metal most of my life. <laughs> and so in high school, whenever all the grunge was happening, it's like, Oasis was like this great light in the dark in a sense of, hey, here we're we're here to have fun and come join us. And so that was great then. And eventually later I got into Metallica just because the music is so amazing. Um, but that but I've always been and more into and honestly, I wouldn't even say punk. I would say pop punk more more than anything. Mm-hmm. And so I remember whenever I first heard Green Day um, and I have all their albums as well. So. So that that's my wheelhouse music. Okay. Yeah, look, actually, I spoke too soon. It looks like there was a podcast called Welcome to Paradise that only lasted for 19 episodes. And uh, <laughs> But it uh, looks like they've got quite a few episodes out there. And one of the reviews says, it's good content when they stay on topic, but about a third of the podcast is spent telling random stories and irrelevant inside jokes. So, you know, maybe you can make a better one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is a better Green Day podcast <laughs> Pro- out there. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> There'll probably be a lot of irrelevant inside jokes. Right. 
<laughs> so that, that's that's what's so good about having strange on the show all the time we call, you know if we had an inside joke that'd be weird so uh so yeah it's uh, yeah 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 i do realize that i'm i'm very sideways from a lot of metallica fans <laughs> whenever it comes to my musical taste yeah. <laughs> look La- no lars loves oasis though to be fair lars is a big yeah oasis fan, so. yeah I, I i greatly enjoyed the uh it's electric with with nolan yeah that 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 was hilarious especially him talking about uh whenever noel texts him that leaving leaving the band would either be the greatest or dumbest thing he's ever done <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah I, I think it's worked out yeah oh yeah yeah i think uh yeah no doubt about that so Guys, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back shortly to talk about more Metallica songs. As I say, we've got Sweet Amber, That Was Just Your Life, The Thing That Should Not Be, and Form Within coming up. So send me some emails about those, metallicapod at gmail.com. Um, Carl, finally, anything you'd like to promote yourself? No. No? Uh, just give uh, All Within My Hands. If you, you get a chance, I know that's their, their charity. Um, past that, I got nothing to sell. All right, all right, great. So, um, yeah, guys, I've got lots to sell. Patreon.com forward slash Alf Metallica. Uh, iTunes, MetallicaPod.gmail.com, at MetallicaPod. This has been Tom, Suicide and Redemption. Carl, thanks again for your time. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Love your podcast.